0: The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. Can you remember the last time you were really tempted? Um, Maybe you knew it was a bad one, or maybe it was a trail of bad decisions. You suspected it wasn't the right thing. It had the potential to... Destroy parts of your life to hurt others, and yet you know what it was like when you were tempted. You wanted it. You wanted to do it. Right? You feel that you know. You know it's not best, and you and you want it. Maybe you rationalize it. Who will you trust ultimately? Which way will you go? Uh, anybody ever experienced that? Okay, for all the other of you liars, we have uh, counseling classes throughout the. <laughs> all, of course right that's the that's the joke we've all experienced this i'll be first in line how many of how many of you you're with me you failed you, i mean i have failed right in the middle of this moment you know maybe we don't think about temptation very often i'm thinking we should think about it more often as i'm thinking about this text we're looking at today uh, wouldn't you agree it's the most it's one of the most important issues we face do we face temptation I don't even know, it'd be hard to count, it's a lot. Um, Temptation is about our most important choices. You look around and you realize the world is literally breaking from the combined effect of human failure in temptation. Why is this so hard? Why is it so important? Well, I don't know how you feel about this, but the Bible tells us there is someone very smart, very powerful who wants you to fail. And his, his main skill, his main job description, in fact, his name means tempter. It's, uh, it's Satan, it's the devil. He doesn't come, right? I don't know how Satan comes to you. Um, I think a lot of times the best way he comes is you didn't know it was him at all. You know, if he came with fangs and bad breath and claws dripping with blood, and he was like, hey, I've got a deal for you, it'll ruin you, you might be like go away, right? You, you wouldn't be interested. No, he comes in a way that's very knowing you and what you're like. He, goes, he, knows, he comes knowing your deepest desires and what you want most. And he's going he's gonna to play on that with you. And, and hey, listen, he just wants to have a conversation. And that's how he wants to ruin you temptation It's something we face all of Luke, where Dr. Luke, this great historian, is telling us about Jesus. And as we've seen the last couple of weeks, he's making a case for who Jesus is. Jesus is the promised king. God's been promising will come. He, and not only that, he's the eternal son of God who's taken on flesh, human flesh, in order to save us, to save us from our failures in temptation. So if you remember last there Luke showed us how Jesus is in the line of David, right? The king. The line of Abraham, from whom... The people of God came. The line of Adam himself, that first man. And now we're into the temptation. So we ought to be asking as readers, how do a genealogy and a temptation work together? The word that came to my mind is this, rematch. Rematch. Any, any sports fans in here a little bit? If you know a sports fan? Okay, sports fans love rematches. Okay, if you lost to uh, your rival team in the regular season, wouldn't it just be all the sweeter to beat them in the playoffs? Okay, two of the greatest, the rematch, the thriller in Manila, right? Um, Just want one more try. And you know what Luke is showing us in this genealogy. You remember Jesus, hey, he's the son of David. We're waiting for the promised king. How did David do, if you remember your Bible, he's sitting in his uh, throne room or something, and uh, it was the time when kings are supposed to go out to war. You could read about it. David got up off his couch. That's a bad sign, okay? If you're supposed to be out leading your army and you're at home taking a nap on your couch, it's a bad sign. Guess what's coming? He sees Bathsheba, right? Tempted. How did he do in temptation? He failed. Jesus, we need a rematch. We need a king. This is the one through whom... Uh, God is gonna save the world. He's gonna save us by grace. Abraham becomes a family, becomes a nation. Israel, Israel saved out of Egypt. You can read about this, and I think it's Psalm 78, or if you just remember the story. They're saved out of Egypt. They're taken into the wilderness, and they're tested. They're tried. How'd they do? They are the people and, and save us and make it through temptation. Or Luke took us all the way back to Adam. And you know this story, right? Here he is. He's in, he's in this perfect garden. He's given God's word. He's, he's given everything good and, and sweet and wonderful. Satan comes into the garden. And it's, it sounds a lot like our passage today. He just wants to talk. He failed. Adam failed. The people of Israel failed. David failed. I've failed. You failed. Can anyone outlast? Satan's temptation. And you realize how high the stakes are on this? If Jesus can't outlast the temptation, none of us escape the wrath of God we deserve. If he doesn't make it, we're lost. And so we come in to see the one who represents us, takes our place, and he's ready for the rematch. He's ready to stand in our shoes and fight our battles. So look at Luke 4, verse 1. Jesus by the spirit into the wilderness. So who's telling him to go? The spirit of God's taking him there. And it's it's time for a fight. You see then he's led by the spirit in the wilderness for how long? 40 days. Why? Why 40 days? Why not 39 days, 41 days? 40 years. How long's Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days, Luke is showing us he's walking our shoes, he's taking our place, he's going in the road we have to walk, but he's gonna do it for us, he's gonna save us. And so this is what we wanna see today as we watch Jesus get ready for the rematch. Look to him and trust in him, that's what we wanna see first. We wanna see how he has done what nobody else could do. We wanna trust in his victory. And then secondly, of course, we wanna follow his example. Because what, guess what's going to happen probably during the time you're here? Or maybe it's during lunch later. Or maybe it's this afternoon. Temptation. And wouldn't you say, as we trust in the Lord Jesus and his victory, who's the greatest coach, the greatest example to help us walk through temptation? It's him and the power of his spirit. So let's look at him. Let's watch him. Let's trust in his victory. And then let's follow his of all. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate, what's next? Nothing during those days. <laughs> and when they were ended, I love how the Bible kind of understates 40 days. Folks, how does he feel now? He's hungry. <laughs> Are you kidding me, right? My, uh, my second son can't go 40 minutes without eating, and then he's hungry. For you, you fast. A, some of you are like, I fasted for three hours. You know, um, you fasted a meal, oh, a day. Wow. If you even start to fast like that, you're, if, you've, if you've tried fasting and seeking the Lord, your, your emotional life gets rough. You feel weaker. You're not as sharp. For Jesus to fast 40 days, unreal. And then Luke throws this at you. Newsflash. He's hungry. Or Satan's gonna land right here. I think the idea in Luke is he's been tempting him this whole time. But here's the the climax of the experience. And now Jesus, he's broken, he's weak, right? He's fully human and and he's feeling it. And Satan's gonna land right here and say, if you are the Son of God, what? Turn. At first, as we look at Jesus' temptation, you might think, I don't relate. Are any of you tempted to turn stones into bread? You feel guilty about the last time you did that? <laughs> it doesn't seem to relate. But look, here's where it relates. How does Jesus feel? He's hungry. What's he want to do? What's the desire the tempter's landing on here? You're hungry and you want to eat. Listen, this is part one of temptation. What is the tempter going to play with? What you Want, He's gonna play with your desires, what you want. And he wants for Jesus to wanna eat. No, but he's gonna take a good desire and he wants to make it an ultimate desire so that you will now follow that desire above all things and put God and who he is and what he wants to the side. Look at what James says, James 1.14. James 1, he's lured and enticed by what? His own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Now, I want to be clear. Is it a sin to be tempted? Of course not, because what's Jesus being? I want to lure, Satan says, and, and entice your desire, and then it's going to win you so much where you say, yeah, I got to have it no matter what i got to have it. Then it gives birth to sin, and guess what that brings, according to James? Death. You've rebelled. You've, you've, you've rebelled against God. You've, you've destroyed yourself. You've hurt your neighbor. You've used those desires. Take a good desire. Make it an ultimate thing. Now look at how this works for Jesus. Verse 3. The devil said to him, if you're the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Let's think about that question for a moment. Is the question for Jesus as he's there in the wilderness, do you think he's asking himself, I I wonder if I'm really the son of God? I don't think that's it at all. I don't think that's it at all. Uh, Some commentators say the the sense of it is almost, since you are the son of God. Let's look at it like this. What did did we hear, you remember, uh, in Jesus' baptism? What did the Father say to him? Well-pleased. And now where is Jesus? Forty days in the desert, in pain, hungry, tempted, tired. This is not a question of Jesus' identity. This is a question of Jesus' relationship. It's a question of Jesus' relationship with the Father. Let me rephrase this question like this. So you're the beloved son of God. The father loves you. Yeah. If, if you were a father, would you make your son starve for 40 days? From Psalm 2, you're the, you're the delight of the father. Yeah. Don't you think you deserve better treatment than this? You know, if your, if your father loved you, Wouldn't he provide for you? Instead of having you out here alone in the wilderness by your. It comes in questions. And here's what he's saying You cannot trust your father's heart. You cannot trust your father's heart. By the way, it's the same trick. What did Satan say to Adam in the garden? To God, you can't trust him. And then he says, you know what? It would be better if you would set God to the side. You know what you need. You know how to get it. God doesn't love you. Look at him. He's not providing for you. His word can't be true. Move on. Take care of yourself. Assert yourself. Follow your desires. Follow your You're going to have to be on your own. That's what Satan is saying. The heart of temptation is you cannot trust the Father's heart. And in this first question is, he's getting at, you can't trust his provision. So Jesus, here's what you need to do. You can't trust the Father's provision. I know you came, Satan is is saying, I know for others. But here, come on, you need to eat, bro. You need to eat. Just use that miraculous power. You can't trust your Father anymore. Take it into your own hands and make bread. Take care of yourself. Oh, can you hear that? So at first you hear the temptation, and you're like, it's not relevant to me. And then you listen to it like that. <laughs> Is it relevant? You are out there and, and you're in your hard times and, and you have this thing, you feel like you need it. You need this thing, you need this relationship, you need this pleasure, you need, you need this money, you need this, you need this thing. And, and the voice comes and says, if God loves you, he would have given this to you already. You're on your own. And we, fall. I can tell you the story in great detail. I have fallen to this one. Will Jesus fall? No. What does he say in verse four? What's Jesus' response? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. First thing to see, it's a quote. Right there where Israel failed, Jesus is going to succeed. And here's what Jesus is saying. Yes, I'm hungry. But there is something better Than my desire to eat. And it's following the word of my Father. He will provide for me in His time. His Father's heart in the midst of near starvation. And He outlasts the temptation. Are you amazed by Jesus? His Father. He trusts the Father's heart. Round two in the rematch. Who's, who's got the point so far? Jesus won, Satan nothing. Round two. Look at verses five to seven. The devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I whom I will, if you then will worship me, it'll all be yours. I don't know how this worked, if it was a vision, something, I, I don't know. But you, you get the idea, right? They see it. They see it. Okay, again, this temptation seems a little different for us than for Jesus. Do any of you are like, I'm, I'm so tempted to be the dictator of the entire world. Because some people in history have flirted with this, okay? But most of us, it's not on the, not on the table of options. <laughs> so I don't find myself thinking about this very often. But think about it for Jesus. What has he been promised? Jesus reads Psalm 2, and he's like, he knows he's the promised Davidic king who will reign forever in the eternal Son of God. all. The kingdoms are his. For Jesus, that's a good desire. He's the rightful king. So then, what's going on here? He's already been promised this. Look what Satan says It's been delivered to me. I give it to whom I will. It's yours. Here's what Satan is offering I know you're the Son of God. And God has promised you the kingdoms of the earth. But you and I both know what he has to have you do before you get those kingdoms. What Jesus have to do before he reigns as king? I on a cross. And so what is Satan saying to him? Your father says, cross before the crown. If you worship me, we'll skip the cross and we'll go straight to the crown. Again, it's a test. It's a dig at the Father's heart. If your father on the way to your rightful place, why would he do that to you? Why would he put you through hard times if he loved you? Come worship me. I'll make it easy. I'm like a lottery ticket, baby. All you got to do, bend the knee. It's yours. I'll give you everything you want. No suffering. Jesus will tell a parable later, right? Parable of the soils. Some people who look like they trust him and who are Christians will leave because life gets hard. And they will end up echoing this very temptation. If God doesn't make my life a certain level of ease, a certain level of comfort, then he's not worth following. He's facing this right, right up front, right up close. Satan is saying, you deserve better than this from your father. By the way, um, anytime you hear an offer about following Jesus with no obedience, no sacrifice, no suffering, guess who wrote that one up? That's satanic. I've heard on TV who say, oh, you just trust Jesus, your life gets easy, instant healing, instant wealth, instant, every day a Friday. Where does that come from? I mean, you're looking at it right here. Any time we give the idea that following Jesus doesn't have sacrifice or obedience to it, that's satan. So Satan is saying, "I'll give you the. If God was good, He'd give you the crown without the cross." By the way, uh, does, does Satan strike you as a trustworthy character? <laughs> is he really like, "Hey, you guys, I honestly want to give you good things"? No, of course not. He wants to eat you for lunch. He wants to ruin you. He wants to destroy you. This is a lie. And I love Jesus' response. Do you hear what he says in verse 8? Real plain, real clear. Jesus answered him, It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. You lost me, Satan, at worship me. Father, that's what Jesus is saying. I trust my Father's plan. So this is the question here in this temptation. Can you trust the Father's plan? How many of you are realizing or have realized and are still realizing that God's plan for your life in this fallen world involves a certain amount of sacrifice and suffering? (laughs) Oh, his plan. Will you trust his plan? Jesus, in what he's quoting here, if you look at Deuteronomy 6, it's talking about how God's commands are life. And how God is good and generous, and for the one who trusts in Him, there is always, ultimately, a happy ending. For a happy ending, and Jesus says, "I trust my Father's heart. I trust His provision. I trust His plan." Round two. How many? How many points does Satan have at this? At this juncture of the fight, zero. Jesus, two for two. Round three. This one's so interesting. Verses 9 to 11. Satan took Jesus to Jerusalem. Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Again, at first glance, this doesn't seem very relevant to us. How many of you are tempted to fly to Jerusalem, climb on top of the mosque, and jump off of it? I've never struggled with that personally. This is about vindication. Vindication of an identity. Vindication that God loves Jesus. So, um, how are the crowds? What are they gonna think about who he is? Because Jesus, again, at his identity, what does he know the Father said to him? You're my beloved son. How's he gonna be treated by? Scoffed at, mocked, in the end, beer ripped out, hung up naked on a cross. Does it look like when you're hanging there on a cross? The Father delights in you. And this thing here, this moment of climbing to the temple, and everybody would see the future, the Christ, and doing, I don't know, I imagine something. If you're up on the Temple Mount, not only is the Temple tall, then there's a cliff off the side. You can get a nice long jump here. And then right as he hits the ground, angels are swooping in, catching, and you, and you land like Superman. Right there in front of the crowds, maybe let's do it at Passover and everybody would say this is the christ and everybody would see god loves this one he's different he's special it's a desire for vindication and satan's especially tricky here cuz guess what he's quoting he's quoting from scripture hey jesus if your father loved you wouldn't he vindicate you would loves Why is he not doing this? Why are you pouring alone in the desert? Why do you know you're going to have to walk the cross? Look, it's biblical, Jesus. I got it right here. He's going to keep you from getting hurt. Jump off the temple. The Bible says it. The angels will catch you. Everyone will see who you are. Force the Father's hand. Make him show you and show the world. Have you ever felt this temptation? Uh, Are you ever... uh Sometimes Christianity will take us into places where we're mocked by others or or if you've sacrificed to serve and and it's not respected or you're not thanked or you're not encouraged are and you want to be your identity to be vindicated. You want to be seen as somebody who has something to offer. You want your identity to be kind of proven and we long for that. What What do we do to try to show that we're valuable? that somebody thinks we're important, that we're welcomed, we're looking. Hmm, how does Jesus respond? Verse 12, Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, Satan saying you can't trust your father's heart to vindicate you. Jesus says, I absolutely trust my father's heart or else I can't trust you. We can never say, hey, God, if you really love me, you'll have to give me this. can never say that. We trust the Father's vindication, the promise of his love. Uh, So that was round three. Uh, How many points to say? Three for three. 13, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him again until an opportune time. Oh, you think the devil gave up right here? Until an opportune time. Watch the timing of your you are more vulnerable to temptation. When you think everything's okay. When you're lazy. When you're tired, hurting, and suffering. There's probably more. Those are the three on my list. Watch out. He knows the right time. When you're hurt. When you're coming. There's one more round I want to mention. One more round. Look at Luke 22:41. It's amazing. Uh, where was Adam tempted? Of course? A garden. Where is Jesus in Luke 22:41. He's in a garden very soon. The cross is coming. Do you remember that scene? He's praying, "Father. take this cup." I don't wanna do it. I don't wanna feel it. I don't wanna be separate from me. I don't wanna know your condemnation. I don't wanna know your wrath. I don't wanna do it. I don't wanna be shamed. I don't wanna be beaten. I don't wanna show up there. If your father loved you, would he do this? Is it fair that you would die for the sins of others? Is this really right? Look at what Jesus says, Luke twenty-two forty-one. 41. He withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Next word, but yours be done. Father, I trust you, I love you. If you send me to a cross, I'll go. By the way, when you've reached that level of trust in your father's heart, you're gonna be temptation. (laughs) 333. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, what did he say? Father, forgive them. And you see what Jesus has done. Temptation, personally. But he has done it to the point where he can rescue those who have fallen to temptation. Where he can save those who have failed again and again. Round four, Jesus four, he's won, he's won. You think of all the records in the world, Joe DiMaggio, 56-game hit streak, Michael Phelps and 10 million gold medals, what impresses you? All the records in the world, they're all nothing in comparison to this record. Can you, to (laughs) temptation, Unreal. We should be amazed at the beauty and the faithfulness and the trust of Jesus Christ. You know we're saved not only by his death but by his life. And so the righteousness of Jesus means he has a perfect, no matter the cost. And here is the beauty. For all who would repent of their sin and trust in him, the Father gives you the same Record justified He sees you, if you trust Christ with a righteousness that says, remember oh, this is good news because we know how many times we actually have. <laughs> wow, Jesus paid for our sins there on the cross. You know what's so interesting to me uh, Satan tempted Jesus with, hey, isn't your father ever going to vindicate you? You know, after Jesus went to the cross, guess what happened? He rose from the dead. Now, which is cooler temptation, jumping off a temple and getting caught or getting raised from the dead? He walked out of the tomb. He got the vindication he longed for. Or what about all the kingdoms of the world? Satan said, hey, I'll give you these. Guess what Jesus has? Thank you very much. (laughs) <laughs> he's got all the kingdoms of the world. It's all his. Everything Satan said, oh, if only God will give you this, guess what? Jesus has it. How about turning rocks into bread? What's he's going to do a few weeks later? He's going to have thousands of people on a field. And what's he going to turn? Heck, with rocks into bread, he's going to turn nothing into bread. He's going to turn bread into bread. He's going to feed thousands of people on a miracle. He's going to do it. But in the blessing of his neighbor, He's going to feast just like Satan taunted, but the Father's going to give it to him in the right way. He's going to feast with us. We're going to feast with him as we take the Lord's Supper. We're going to feast with him big time at the marriage supper of the Lamb when he comes back. Don't you see? The Father is going to give you everything you deeply long for if you'll trust him. Satan trying to get you and trying to win you, it's, it's a lie. It won't go where you hope it goes. We see the beauty of trusting the Father's heart. He will never let you down. So the first thing to see, Jesus' victory, right? Do you see it? He's the one who saves, rose from the dead. Trust him, trust him. Okay, now learn from his example. Learn from his example. Number one, you will be tempted, right? We've covered this. He's gonna hit your desires. We've covered this. He's gonna come at a vulnerable time. We've covered this. What's he gonna get you to doubt? The core of every temptation, what does he want you to doubt? He wants you to. He wants you to doubt that the Father will provide for you. He wants you to doubt that the father will give you a happy ending. He wants you to doubt that the father will vindicate his love for you. He wants you to doubt the validity of God's word and God's promises. Because if you doubt the ability of your father to satisfy you, guess where you're gonna go next? Other idol, some other sin. You'll be tempted to doubt the father's love. You'll be tempted to be your own God. So what do you do then? Can you trust the Father's heart? Hey, how many of you right now, you need some provision in your life? And you're wondering if you can trust the Father's heart. Or how many of you right now, um, things are tough. You're you're waiting for the happy ending. You don't know if God's word's really trustworthy. You're doubting the Father's heart. You're doubting his plan in the midst of suffering and pain. Or you're doubting God's vindication. Does he really love me? Is he really... All these things. Can you trust the Father's heart? You see two things in the example of Jesus. Number one, does God allow people he loved to be tempted and to suffer? Okay, How could God love me and let me suffer? Jesus? The beloved of the Father suffered? God's... But more than that, what did the Father give to make you his own. He gave you his son. Romans makes this clear. God proves his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, what? Christ died for us. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me. Why does Paul say loved, past tense, instead of loves, present tense? Because in your present situation, you might not feel his love, but there's one rock-hard place, the cross, the cross. So what more could the Father do to prove his heart for you than to get through the cross of Jesus? Could this convince you of his heart? That he's trustworthy, that'll he provide, that his plan is good, that he'll vindicate you. Could it be enough? Trust the Father's heart, and then follow Jesus, Holy Spirit. Hey, what's that one line in the Lord's prayer? In the Lord's prayer, Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be in thy name. Kingdom come, or there says it is in heaven. Lead us not. Into Temptation, Luke 11:4. Luke 11:4. What did Jesus teach you to pray? Temptation. Help me see it. Help me know what's happening. Help me fight it. Get me ready. Is this a part of your prayer life? Are you praying about the temptation that will come and how you'll handle it? Jesus says, "This should be on your list. It should be a priority. L- rely on the spirit comes. You remember what Jesus said to his disciples in the garden, Luke twenty two forty. 40. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. They fell asleep, and then they ran away. We've got to walk by the Spirit. We've got to lean on the Spirit and pray that, G- that our God would lead us when temptation comes. How do you respond to the tempter every time? Did you hear that phrase? It is written. It is written. It is written. You watch Jesus in his hardest times, you know what explodes out of him? Scripture. Scripture. He's on the cross, he's cut, he's bleeding. Scripture. Evidently, Jesus thought that in order for him to outlast temptation, he needed to be drenched, saturated with what? You think you can make it without Scripture? You want to be ready for temptation? You better know God's word. Know it well. Rely on it. Lean on it. Especially because... (laughs) So if you're a newbie, if you're cold, if you don't really get it, you heard, oh, I heard a scripture reference. Uh," You got to know it better than that. You got to know the heart of it. You got to know what it means to, to worship God, to love him, to know your identity in Christ, to know what he wants for you. So Christians, right... Trust Jesus in his victory over temptation. That's number one. Two, when you fight temptation and cling to the word, know it well, fight with the word. Remember this from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We'll end here. Look at this great promise, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So if you're ever tempted... God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Isn't that wonderful? You can endure it as you trust the victory of Jesus for you, as you follow his word. So what are we supposed to see this morning, folks? See Jesus' victory. Realize you can trust the Father's heart And in the power of the Spirit and the truth of the Word, what are you going to do when temptation comes? We're going to put up a fight. In Jesus' name, we can win. Let's pray. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.